Welcome to Wormhole Waffles, a Stargate podcast. Welcome to Wormhole Waffles. I'm your host, Chelsea, and with me is my co-host, Arzu. Hello. Last week, we had a three-episode arc with SG-1 Season 4 finale, plus the first two episodes of Season 5. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 5, Episodes 3 and 4, Ascension and the Fifth Man. Ascension premiered on July 13th, 2001, was written by Robert C. Cooper and directed by Martin Wood. The Fifth Man premiered on July 20th, 2001, was written by Joseph Malazzi and Paul Mully and directed by Peter DeLuise. So we've got a couple of creepy dudes this week. Arsu, would you please summarize these episodes? Okay, so in Ascension, um, which premiered in 2001, Sam gets the perfect 2023 dating experience. Um, <laughs> With a very creepy man with no boundaries. Um, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Like, literally, no boundaries. Because um, <laughs> he can walk through stuff. <laughs> he never met a boundary he didn't like to violate. And <laughs> in The Fifth Man, um, we meet the fifth member of SG-1, Lieutenant Tyler, who has apparently been there all along. Yeah. Or has he? We don't know. <laughs> we do know. We know almost immediately. But um, Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of sketchy men this week. <laughs> right? I, I, I think the first one is creepier, personally. The first one is significantly <laughs> creepier. The second one is just sus. Yeah. Okay, let's do our quote reveal. Last week, I gave you the quote, Hey, this is not a relationship we have going here. I don't even know what it is. And your guess was that Sam is talking to the alien of the week about how they don't have the relationship that he thinks they have and that this alien is a generic white dude. And when I tell you, I screamed. I I did not think I was going to get it this right. That may be the closest you've ever gotten. I think barring like a name, right? And and a more like explicit acknowledgement that she was talking about a romantic relationship. Yeah. I was exactly right. Enjoy it. I'm not going to hit this high again. Right. When you gave that, I was like, oh my god, how do I like not give away that you got it exactly right? <laughs> we'll see if you can keep up your streak. No, this is it. This is, I, I peaked here. Right. We have so much experience with like creepy men on apps. Like, we know like exactly this is exactly what, what it is. Yeah, we know what this generic is. man is not respecting boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we open this episode with Daniel touching his walls that he's translating. So <laughs> that's my first note too. I, of course, Daniel's talking to the walls again. <laughs> yeah. He's always touching something. He loves walls. He's in his happy place. You know what? Good for him. He's Stop. really thriving. <laughs> Good for you, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? Sam is in her happy place, too, because she is examining new advanced technology. So, you know, they're both thriving right now, you know, until it goes wrong, of course, but <laughs> starts off great. <laughs> um, so there's this piece of technology that they suspect might be a weapon, but they don't know yet. The design of this technology reminded me of the Gamekeeper episode from, was that season two? Was that the robot guy? No. That was the guy who like put them all in a simulation. Oh, they were in the pods? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because he was like entertaining the people that he had asleep. Right, right, right. It, it looked exactly like the, like the control panel to the left side on the screen. Like not the main center console, but the one to the left. I'm like, that looks exactly like that GameCube design. So probably the same person in the props department just like, yeah he was so just like i liked this design we're doing <laughs> it again yeah so we have like a bit of spookiness because we have it looks like somebody is watching sam and attacked her but we can't see them so it's like oh creepy what's happening like this could be like a halloween episode <laughs> it, it honestly like i did check the date because of like mm -hmm. later in the episode when when Sam is home alone and there's like shadows and is somebody following mm -hmm. her and like this really creepy camera. I was like, is this a Halloween episode? No, 
So actually, in July. No, it's not. And you know what's weird is it's they're supposed to generally be happening in like real time in 2001. And these aired in July. The next episode, there's a shot of like they're watching footage and the date is October. So I'm like, what? <laughs> I guess it's not exactly one for one. Ish. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Anywho, so Sam, Daniel finds Sam passed out. They take her back to base and she's examined. She seems fine. She feels fine. And everybody tells her to take it easy. And she like really takes issue with this particular phrase the entire episode. I'm like, <laughs> what is it with her and the phrase take it easy? <laughs> and she is right to take issue with it. Okay, so maybe this is me. Hmm. Like, maybe I am misremembering. Uh But I feel like a lot of things go wrong on missions all the time. Mm -hmm. People get knocked out. People get sick. People get whatever. They're like, take two days in the infirmary. Dr. Frazier said you're fine. You can go back into the field. All Sam did was pass out. Yeah. And they're like, you have to go home. Yeah. Which seemed to me to be an extreme reaction, like for the sake of the plot of this episode. I guess just because they don't know why she passed out. In other circumstances, if it's like, we know that this specific thing happened to you and you need this amount of time to recover. Whereas it's like, we don't know why she passed out. But they weren't like, or she wasn't wrong in suggesting she's like, oh, it could have been dehydration. It could have been this. It could have been that. Like, it could have been a natural factor. Yeah. I just feel like it was such an intense overreaction to be like, actually, you have to go home. Yeah. I mean, Hammond has ordered them to go home before. This isn't like the first time that they've been ordered. No, but like, for what it was, like her just passing out, it just felt like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I was surprised that, I mean, since Daniel was the only one that was still going to be working on this planet and the rest of them had time off i was so surprised that jack didn't suggest to take her fishing he did suggest that sam take up golf yes which <laughs> made me think of the um the window the of opportunity window of opportunity <laughs> i'm like you could just take her golfing it made me wonder what he was doing because he didn't go home either because the times when like she came back to do something he was there so I'm like, what is it that he's doing? Jack? Yeah. He doesn't have a life. <laughs> well, normally he like goes home if they have time off. He's got he but... doesn't have a life, he's got nothing to do. I guess. He could have been hanging out with her. Well, okay. I'm jumping ahead a bit, but no, I'll get there when we get there. But yes, he could have been. Let's put a pin in that. Hmm. You know something else that occurred to me? when like so sam passed out and they didn't know why it makes me wonder how often if ever sam or any of the other women on the sg teams are given a pregnancy test because that could have been a cause of passing out seemingly randomly if as part of like her test panel dr frazier has them do like a urine test to check Mm -hmm. for particles she can also check for that yeah, I guess it depends how often they do urine tests. I I would think, like, if, if you passed out and don't know why... You're probably doing all kinds of tests. You're doing all kinds of tests. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. It's just never... That's never brought up, which I'm glad, because it would seem kind of sexist that they did bring it up. But it makes me wonder if, in actuality, they would be testing for that regularly. Yeah. I don't know. I would think so. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, so Sam goes home. I like her cute little classic car. I'm not a car person, so I don't know what kind of car it is, but it's cute. It's cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we have our creepy new male character appears in the middle of the street while Sam is collecting her newspaper. <laughs> and. <laughs> It's just very abrupt. It's like he's not there and then he's there. So understandably, Sam is like freaked out because he's acting weird. He's acting like a stalker already. And so she goes back inside and 
he ends up showing up in her kitchen. And so obviously like she's freaking out and is trying to call for help. And I'm not sure if she mentioned later that her phone line was cut, but I'm not sure how much that was true because she didn't seem happy to have problems. I don't know. I'm not sure if her phone line was actually cut or not, but anyway, I did appreciate that he chose to walk through her kitchen counter because she thought that he was just like a normal rando, you know, like a normal person yeah. until he walked through something. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like easiest way to prove a point. Yeah. Be like, actually. Yeah. And I'm not sure he was even trying to prove a point. I think he just like, decided to walk towards her and there happened to be a counter in the way. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> he was just going on about how he was watching her and she's like as beautiful on the inside as she's on the outside kind of stuff. And like she, he had been there all night and he had watched some of her TV and read some of her books to learn what to wear and how to talk. And so she very understandably, like, walks out. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I mean, I mean, okay. She walks out. She calls the team. Yeah. They come check her house. They're like, Sam, there's nobody here. And they all seem real quick to be like, okay, anyway, bye. I'm like, even if it was a normal home intruder and not somebody who could turn himself invisible, mm -hmm. like, him not being here immediately does not mean the threat has passed. Yeah. And they were way too calm. Just like, you're overreacting. It's fine. I was, I felt like offended that they clearly immediately thought that she was crazy. Right. Like, home invasion is not that unrealistic. Yeah. It's not crazy. It's like, it could have just been some guy. Well, I mean, I guess, like, the whole, like, he walked through the kitchen counter thing is, okay, like, obvious. And he was talking about the Stargate. Like, he specifically said that he came from that planet. But it's, like, weird stuff happens to them all the time. This is completely within the realm of possibility. And I don't like how quickly they are throwing her under the crazy, because like, label, because... This is, like, normal for them, really. And if, if nobody else takes her seriously, I don't understand why Jack and Teal'c aren't taking her seriously. Yeah. Like, like, no, you just need to rest more. Like, yeah, you had aliens that were invisible because they were rotated 90 degrees out <laughs> of our field of it. Like, yeah. are you serious right now? Yeah, totally. I feel like the only person who believes her is Daniel because... Yeah. I think he understands, like, you know, weird stuff happens to us. Like, I... <laughs> the one time this man has ever had any rights. <laughs> yeah, because, like, he asks about her, and Jack is like, well, we haven't found her imaginary friend, and Daniel's like, no. I want to know how she's doing. I don't care about whatever footage you've captured. <laughs> Which is so weird and out of character. Like, this whole yeah. episode is weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, also, I'm, now that yeah. we now that we've brought up her little friend here, um, mm -hmm. when they have their conversations in her house, when it's just the two of them, uh -huh. the show is playing this really like swoony romantic track, <laughs> and I'm like, you want me to believe that whatever she's got going on with this man who like broke into her house uh -huh. is cute and yeah. sweet, and I know yeah. this because of the soundtrack you're playing, but that's sweet. But somehow her having a relationship with Jack mm -hmm. is inappropriate and wrong because he's her commanding officer. Never right. mind the fact that if they were to engage in a relationship, it would be mutual and consensual yeah. and reciprocal. Mm -hmm. And nobody broke into anybody's house. That's inappropriate. Mm. But this is okay. <laughs> I it's just like they they periodically feel like they need to have the one main woman character have a love interest. But they don't want it to be Jack because of 
like well because they they do actually consult with the air force on some of this stuff okay so it it could be that they are being slightly influenced by that and they're like telling them no like you can't have them be together which is okay then i know silly but (laughs) like i don't care what the air force thinks Mm -hmm. (laughs) i would just say it that way i don't care what the air force thinks yeah it is the single and I'm not saying she necessarily needs a romantic relationship. None of them need no. a romantic no, relationship. No, of course not. But because the chemistry is so good. Yeah. And you're clearly, you want to give her a romantic relationship anyway, because you keep throwing mm-hmm. every generic white man <laughs> in Vancouver in her general direction. <laughs> why not have a relationship with the one person she actually has chemistry with? Yeah. yeah. But no. Anyway, although I, I was going to say, I can't believe I made it about Sam Jack, but like, yes, I can. But of all the men who they try to put her with, or at least that show romantic interest in her, even if she doesn't reciprocate it, Orlin is honestly pretty far down on the list because it's only one episode and like, he's creepy, but like, he goes away and it's fine. My brother called him Discount Owen Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. When you order your Owen Wilson off Wish.com. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's not unattractive. He's just kind of plain. Very boring. (laughs) Anyway. It's almost a shame that he didn't pick, like, more interesting clothes, you know? (laughs) It could have made it more, like, comedic rather than... Yes, I dressed like a very normal man in 2001. I'm like, come on now. Yeah, it was like a a Hawaiian shirt and like camo pants and, you know, like like a dress shoes. (laughs) Yeah, like a Disneyland hat. Then that would have been more humorous. So Daniel translates enough of his wall to figure out that it is in fact a weapon and that Jack was right, that it is a big honking weapon, which Teal'c is very confused about. Because <laughs> he does not understand what honking means. <laughs> and so that's kind of going on at the same time. And then Sam, like, they only leave the cameras up in her house for one day. And then they seemingly take all of them down. I'm like, I don't understand the thought process on that. Because... They, if they only leave the cameras up for like 12 hours and then take them all down, what makes you think that the guy can't come the next day? I'm telling you, it's weird. They're <laughs> all behaving so weird. Yeah. And like, obviously they keep spying on her, but not like Hammond doesn't know about it. It's like the Pentagon spying on her rather than the SGC looking out for her. I don't know, bro. And it's like, well, I mean, ultimately that was a good thing that because they like were able to prove that there actually was somebody there with her, but it was without her knowledge, so that's gross. Yeah. At least there didn't seem to be any cameras that they left up. They only left up microphones. I'm like, well, I guess that's slightly less creepy. Cause then at least they're not like having video footage of her walking around naked or something like that. But no, they can just hear her farting. <laughs> you just imagine like the audio like line and just periodically just spikes and then it's yep. Like... <laughs> yep. <laughs> so she goes to visit the base and Jack like doesn't seem very supportive, but he also doesn't seem very worried that she's going crazy. So I'm like, uh, oh, I'm kind of neutral. Episode. Robert C. Cooper, you should know better. Yeah, he's like one of the show leads. I'm like, if it was like a guest writer who like isn't totally no. gel with the characters, like maybe that's what happened. But like, no. you should know better. <laughs> you should know better. But then we have a really nice moment when Jack and Teal'c come to visit Sam. And Teal'c is wearing the best outfit <laughs> got a little cowboy hat and like a red silk tie he's like ready for the rodeo he has like he might have had an embroidered jacket i don't remember 
It was like he had a shirt that had flames on it with a black okay, jacket cool. over it. And yeah, I think some kind of so tie and cowboy hat. And I couldn't tell if he had boots on, but I think he might have. He, I We can't really see it, but I'm going to tell myself that he had boots on. Yeah. <laughs> and they brought pizza in Star Wars. Yeah. And so we learned that canonically, Jill is a Star Wars fan, which is really nice. And Jack nice. has never seen it. I don't believe it. I'm like, you've seen that. We we established this. He's a yeah. Phantom Menace fan. So. He is absolutely a Phantom Menace fan. He just hasn't like. seen the original. <laughs> <laughs> so something about the prequel trilogy really appeals to Jack. <laughs> right. Well, it's like what his son would have watched. So, you know, he maybe he's watching oh. it and like pretending that he's watching it with his son kind of thing. Oh, no, no, you made it sad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but Teal'c has canonically seen it nine times. Yeah. Um, they just said Star Wars, so I assume they're doing that boomer thing of like, well, it was called Star Wars when it came out for about a year, yeah. and then they changed it. So thank you for playing. Um, <laughs> but I assume that's what they're doing. Yeah. So I assume they mean episode four? I assume so. But it would be funnier if they brought the entire original trilogy <laughs> honestly they really it, thought they were gonna stay that long with how excited teal'c was about it i would totally believe that he brought all three like jack so. picks one up off the pizza box so i feel like they had episode four on the pizza box but like teal'c is holding the other two <laughs> yeah in my I, head i would believe that yeah and honestly with jack i feel like he probably has seen it but for some reason he pretends that he doesn't in order to look cool kind of like how he pretends that he's not smart in order to like be funny and cute but like he actually is really smart it kind of like that do we think he got picked on for liking um sci-fi when he was in school is that why yeah that's what i'm thinking when they went back to 1969 nine um which one of them was quoting star wars both him and Daniel. Oh, he's seen it. Yeah. He's seen it. Yeah. Robert C. Cooper, you're forgetting your own canon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that teal outfit is just iconic. It was, it's so good. <laughs> Halloween's <laughs> over, but listen, next year. Oh my God. That would be great to dress up as teal in that outfit. Like, like a flame and a flame and shirt, just like a cowboy, but with the, the Apophis emblem on your forehead. <laughs> Absolutely nobody would get it. No, <laughs> be a very niche outfit. <laughs> and then, um, they can tell that Sam has somebody in her house, and obviously it's Orlin the alien, and she doesn't want them to know that. So Jack just assumes that she has a hot date. And he, I've he's... never been so upset <laughs> at how easily he let her go. I don't know. He was like really trying to see who it was, though. He, he was trying to see who it was, but he's like, I'm proud of you. Or like, I'm happy for you. I don't remember what he said. Yeah. Because yeah. I was angry. But he's like, <laughs> basically, he's like, this is fine. I'll go. And I'm like, no, you will stay and fight for your woman. Right. Like, what are you doing? Go in there and kick his ass. Teal'c would have your back. Like. <laughs> bro. Yeah. I, although maybe this is like Jack's first realization that maybe she does actually have a life outside of work, you know? Yeah. Is this going to inspire a change in him to fight for her? Probably not. But, <laughs> um, I'd like to think that it would. In our headcanon, it does. In my headcanon, it does. In my headcanon, he's like, I should have listened to you. I'm uh -huh. so sorry, Sam. He didn't even call her. No, he calls her with her title, which I'm blanking on. Major. Major. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm sorry, Major. And she's like, that's okay, sir. And then, this is a family podcast. So Teal wants to go watch some jello fighting. <laughs> Speaking of family podcasts. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm not sure that's what you think it is, but uh, have fun, Teal. Maybe it's exactly what he thinks it is. He's been around long enough. He's that's seen Star true. Wars nine times. He knows that's what jello true. fighting is. 
he's over a hundred years old. He he has had a girlfriend while also having a wife. Like <laughs> so, they don't have Jello on other planets. They got mud. Like he, that's true. You know, <laughs> Maybe it reminds him of some Jaffa mating ritual that they <laughs> where they fight in the mud. <laughs> that's no. I just I almost made it really bad. Never mind. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, jello fighting. <laughs> so we find out from Orlin what happened on that planet. So there was a civilization civilization that had been there for a long time, and the Guauld came and threatened them. And I guess Orlin was just there hanging out as an invisible ascended being. I don't know. I'm not sure in what context he was able to see that the world were coming and threatening this random planet because he didn't say that he was from that planet. So I don't know. In any case, he helped them build this weapon and the weapon was able to destroy the world who were coming after them. But then the other ancients were upset that he interfered and they destroyed the entire planet. So they did a genocide they did a genocide. Yeah. It's not very um what's not the... cool. It's not cool. But like so they're they're always very like hands off, like um what's the word I'm looking for? Prime directive. Like they don't get involved. Indifferent? Apathetic. I don't know. In any case, they normally have like a rule where they're not allowed to get involved in human behavior and they just destroyed an entire planet. So I'm like As you do. Why why didn't you just destroy the weapon if that's what you had the problem with? You know? Why'd you destroy the entire planet? That's messed up. Because genocide. And if it was like, well, they could have built another one, then maybe kill the specific people that knew how to make it and leave the rest of the planet? You know? I don't know. I feel like they're all high and mighty. I mean, we're going to see a lot more of them, and they're very high and mighty. They think a lot of themselves, and yet they were willing to destroy planets. So, you know, grain of salt. So then we go back to the SGC, and we had earlier had a scene with this colonel from, like, I think SG-16, and they're, they're the ones who were working on this planet while Sam is resting, blah, blah, blah. And then in this scene, we have... This random guy from the Pentagon dropped into this episode with no introduction. Like, legitimately, <laughs> they never say his name in this episode. <laughs> Hammond calls him Colonel once, but never actually says his name in the episode. And I'm like, I think they forgot? I think, okay, so usually when you need the military brass or some president guy or whatever to get involved mm. they show up they don't mean much it's like colonel xyz is here from yeah. wherever yeah if that and yeah. it's like a blink and you miss it moment and they come in and they say their thing yeah. and they leave and you never see them again yeah two problems with this one this man is far too extra to just be <laughs> <clears throat> he's here and he's gone two if you're a sci-fi fan watching this and like at the time uh-huh Presumably you saw some Star Trek. Presumably you know this is John Delancey. This is Q. So he, as a better known person in sci-fi, mm -hmm. is too memorable to be blink and you miss it. Mm. So they messed up is what I'm saying. <laughs> like you were, We were talking offline and you suggested that they ha had introduced him properly. Uh, and and cut it out. The scene. Yeah. And forgot that they cut it out. Yeah. Or forgot that that cut scene involved introducing this character and they're like it's fine. yeah yeah because it's like we just are like suddenly we have a scene where i think it's daniel and jack and hammond are talking to this colonel and it's like we're kind of like dropped into the middle of a conversation and i'm like whoops are you <laughs> so yeah this is colonel frank simmons he is going to be in a total of five episodes, so he'll be annoying for a little while, but then he'll go away, so it's fine. It won't okay, last well, very good. long. <laughs> um, and he is in the immediate next episode, and there they actually do say it, Colonel Simmons, <laughs> finally. <laughs> Maybe they realized after 
they finished the cut of this episode, they're like, wait a minute, we never actually said a scene. It reminds me, it's not the same, but it reminds me of um, when they were making Beauty and the Beast and they were recording it and they got to the bit where Belle gets back to the castle and has to call out for him. And they got to this bit and they're like, wait, we didn't give him a name. <laughs> so she just yells Beast. Right. I'm like, you've been living with the man for months. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> But anyway, that's what this reminded me of. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Because literally the very first scene in the next episode, he walks in immediately, Hammond says, Colonel Simmons. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody went, guys, you got to fix it in the next one. <laughs> yeah. They get Donna Davis in there, they're like, just record the line. Yep. <laughs> We're reshooting this intro. Yep. <laughs> so Daniel got really sassy with him, which I love. Daniel can be annoying sometimes, but I love when he gets sassy with politicians. He's really good you at know that. This, you know this episode has everybody out of character because Daniel's making a lot of sense. Right? <laughs> he's showing a lot of care for Sam. You know, he's sassy with politicians. And, you know, he was, you know, touching his walls or whatever, but, like, in a normal way. <laughs> touching his walls. <laughs> and so, finally... Sam realizes that she has been spied on this whole time when she didn't know about it. And so she confronts them. And so we learn that Jack and Hammond did not know that she was still being tapped. And so Jack does seem to feel bad. So I'm like, okay, he's starting to like make amends a little bit. So they go to her house with like a massive SWAT team and they've like got the house surrounded because they're gonna like capture Orlin and they let Sam go in there first and he is so he's like the only time he's cool is in this moment because he built a Stargate in her basement. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> but but creepy. Yeah he's very creepy. It's like 99% of him is creepy and then 1% of him is cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was trying to think of, like, a parallel example, but I can't. But, like, oh, yeah. 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 Which I feel like gives a potential storyline down the line where maybe in a pinch the SGC could build their own Stargate if they needed to. Will but we they ever see that? No, they didn't ever do that. I'm like, I feel like that's a missed opportunity because Orlin proved that you could build a Stargate from materials found on Earth. But this episode is not canon, so. <laughs> okay. I mean, it is canon and parts of it I love, like the Star Wars thing. Yeah. But like, so little about this episode tracks with what we know. Yeah. Yeah. That like. Yeah. But in any case, he uses his little mini Stargate to go back to the planet because he understands that, like, if he went to the SGC, they would never let him go. And so Sam follows him through. And so he's trying to stop SG-16 from using the weapon, but they've already got it, like, primed. And it's, like, already building up the power source or whatever. And I was just, again, wondering, like, when the ancients came and destroyed this planet, why did they not also destroy the weapon? I don't understand why they left the weapon intact. Because, because that then makes too much sense. Because then nobody could because if you're like, okay, well, we can't just destroy the weapon because then the people could rebuild it because they had the knowledge. So we're gonna kill all the people too. Sure. But then if you kill all the people and not destroy the weapon, then this exact scenario can happen. Somebody else can happen upon this planet and find the weapon and use it. So, <sighs> I, I don't even know what to tell you because nobody is acting logically. Right? Yeah. So, he gets shot by SG-16. It's uh, very dramatic. Well, this is not the first time SG-16 has been brought up, is it? Uh, they're not up very often. I don't know why. Like, maybe I'm just misremembering things, but they're like, oh, SG-16 is going to handle this. I'm like, why is it always SG-16? But maybe, like, <laughs> maybe they only mentioned them, like, one other time, and I just didn't realize there were that many groups. Probably. So, like, the number stuck out, but I'm like, why is it always 16? 
I feel like SG-11 is mentioned a lot because that team has died like three times. <laughs> we talked about that a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah. Poor SG-11 is cursed. <laughs> so Orlin dies, but the ancients are there watching and they let him ascend again. So he takes the Naquita reactor away so that it can't blow up and then he destroys the weapon. So, yay. Hooray. So, I mean, the Pentagon doesn't get the weapon that they wanted. So I'm sure they're going to be super nice about that for a while. <laughs> but a creepy guy is gone. I yeah. really hope that the SGC, like, compensates Sam for all the money that Orlin spent. Because that's not her fault. No. But, like, what are, the odds? what are the odds that they're going to, like, give her money for all that? They won't. Yeah. But, like, I feel like she can afford it because I did note that her house for one occupant looks like five it's people. It's pretty right big. Yeah, it's a it's, big it's house. Like, and I get that, like, the real estate market now is not what it was in 2001. Yeah. But, like, things like her kitchen has, like, a water dispenser mm-hmm. with, like, eight glasses stacked on top, eight plastic cups stacked, stacked on top. And I'm like, you're one person. <laughs> yeah. You can wash your cup. <laughs> you don't need eight. <laughs> It's like the kind of thing like a parent would put for their kids. Right. You know what I mean? Like because the kids yeah. aren't gonna do their own dishes, but like Yeah. Like you're one person, Sam. It does seem like a pretty big house. I mean, I don't know for sure how many bedrooms it has, but it had like the main sitting area with a really big kitchen and then had another seating area in that room that she shoved him into. And then, and then there's a whole basement, which I think had multiple doors. So there's like multiple rooms in the basement. I'm like, huge house. Why do you need so much space? Like you're never home. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like honestly, you could just live in a shoebox because, like, what? You're never home anyway. Like the guys' houses make sense. Like they're small and they're packed full of stuff. Mm-hmm. Her house is like beautiful and it's cool and it's huge and it's just so impractical for one person who's never home yeah and airbnb isn't a thing yet so (laughs) well i feel like she wouldn't be able to do that anyway because like what if she had information that was a security risk or something in the house keep it at home yeah that's true but i don't know (laughs) she can keep that at jack's I'm not sure if we ever see her house again. I feel like we don't. So. There you go. Yeah. This is our one look at it. Anything else about this episode? Uh, No. Okay. So the next episode, The Fifth Man, we have the return of Dion Johnstone as Lieutenant Tyler, who was previously... Captain Nelson, Neonak, the Foothold Alien, Chaka. We'll see him one more time as Chaka. And two more heavily made-up made characters, so we won't actually recognize him. <laughs> so they really liked reusing this guy. I mean, look, they've already got his payment information. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so SG-1 is in the middle of a firefight with a bunch of Jaffa, and Sam, Teal'c, and Daniel all make it back to the SGC, but Colonel O'Neill is trapped on this other planet with this guy that they're calling Lieutenant Tyler. And so the three of them get back to the SGC, and they're like, well, you know, we were pinned down, and, we, and Colonel O'Neill couldn't get out, so we have to go back for him and Lieutenant Tyler. And Hammond's like, Lieutenant who? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when they came back and they're like, Lieutenant Tyler, you've been training him for weeks. And Ham's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a different SG-1. They've come from another dimension. Right. And yeah, they and have actually, a Lieutenant Tyler. Well, that's what Daniel postulates later in the episode. He's like, what if this is an alternate reality? Yeah. Like, that's what yeah. I thought was happening. Yeah. I'm like, honestly, that's that was a really good guess. You know? <laughs> It's not like it hasn't happened before. Exactly. It's happened multiple times before. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very possible. But uh, not this time. Yeah. So, like, they're super confused. So, Hammond orders them to go to the infirmary to get tested. We go back to the planet and 
Colonel O'Neill has Lieutenant, this Lieutenant Tyler and a fireman carry and is just full out running. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> I do not mind watching that. <laughs> Look, anytime he gets to be hot. <laughs> right? He's year old man. He is so <laughs> he is so competent in this episode. <laughs> Competence is sexy. It's like it's like, you know, when people I don't know, maybe this is you, maybe it's not you. Like when people send like reels or something of like a, a generic shirtless man, mm-hmm. like just existing. I'm like, okay. Whatever. But like a guy like driving a car safely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Cause it's competent. Yeah. Because the world is full of idiotic men. And when we see a competent one, we're like, oh, he's a keeper. Like, you know, he like puts the groceries away. <laughs> it's like, Ooh. right? And he doesn't have to ask where things go. Bruh. <laughs> Folding clothes. Like. Correctly. Knowing things. <laughs> without mansplaining them. Right. This took a turn, but like, he's so competent <laughs> this week. <laughs> As opposed to last episode where he was straight up incompetent, but at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it balanced He's making up for you this time. <laughs> so. Jack is doing his like kind of sassy joke way of talking that he always does and Lieutenant Tyler does not understand because as we will come to find out he is not actually human and so he is very confused (laughs) by the way that Jack talks (laughs) and so and I noted that so going back to the SGC and they're talking about how Teal'c is going to heal from this bad burn because this symbiote is going to heal him. I'm like, that Primta plot armor just continues to work wonders. The multivitamin. Yeah, his multivitamin is real strong. It is very convenient. And yet, somehow couldn't intervene um, when it comes to hallucinations. Yeah, like, it's not really mind control. It's like suggested memory, I guess. So yeah, in any case, this alien secretes a chemical question mark that um, allows them to implant false memories in order to make you think that they're one of your team. Which is a really specific secretion. Yeah, it's very specific, but you know, (laughs) cool. (laughs) It it means he said that their people are not they're basically like not athletic and i'm like okay well you got something going for you at least you ever got a secretion that makes people think you're athletic but you're not (laughs) yeah so um yeah the rest of sg1 who's back on the base are like trying to figure out why is it that they know who tyler is and nobody else does and so they are conveniently left in a room that has a computer which i'm like Okay. Oh, I, I feel like normally if you're in isolation, you'd be left in a room with, like, nothing in it. So why is there a computer in here? It's like when you get sent to a room as a kid, and you're like, great, that's where all my books are. Yeah, exactly. Bye. <laughs> and so Sam has been locked out of her, like, sign-in or whatever. But it's like, she is probably literally the smartest person on the entire base, I'm sure she can figure out how to hack a computer. Like, especially yeah. because, like, it's 2001. It's probably not that hard to hack. Well, it's not that hard to hack, but also they're newer in 2001. So, less experience. Yeah. yeah the true. skill level is. Yeah, but she's probably the smartest person on the base. So, that's true. If anybody can figure out how to hack the computer, it's her. And so they're flipping back again to the planet with Jack, and he's like, setting up a bunch of traps for the gold or who are coming after them. This is where he's like showing his competency for like setting up C4 and grenades and all this kind of stuff. Hot. <laughs> and so we see that the C4 has a label that it was made in Tyler, Texas. And so that's where this alien 
got his name from. So that's like putting all the pieces together. Is Tyler Texas saw, a real place? Yeah, I saw that in your notes. It is definitely a real place. It's about two hours east of here. Okay. So, yeah, it's a real place. I don't think I've ever been there. But, like, why would you? Yeah, it's, I mean, two hours east of here is, like, halfway on the way to Shreveport, I guess. But, I mean, why would I go in that direction? I don't know. So, Simmons, Colonel Simmons is back. And he, they're obviously, like, giving him the air of being a villain. But when he first comes, he's like, I want to help figure out who this Tyler person is and why SG-1 remembers him, but we don't, it seems like he's trying to be helpful. Like we know eventually that he does have nefarious purposes, but right off the bat, it seems like he's there to help. And I'm like, why are you being so hostile towards him? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I know we're supposed to eventually be annoyed with him, but like right now he's okay. Like it's fine. To telegraph it. For the audience, maybe. Uh, yeah, I guess so. And so this is when he's like, so he starts like questioning the members of SG One, and he like shows video of their mission debriefing or briefing rather, and it has the time code on it, so he could prove that Lieutenant Tyler was not there, like they SG One says he was. And so it's it really just comes to like a stalemate where they're like, well we remember him and you don't and no amount of questions that you ask about this is really going to solve the problem because we're going to continue to remember him and you're going to continue to not remember him. So, yeah. Maybe then, maybe having him be this hostile mm-hmm. immediately is because I'm theory, a couple theories. One, because he's too well known for mm-hmm. him to be like like a good guy. So they might as well skip that. It's like how when you watch a like a serialized crim- crime show, like the most famous person probably did it. Um, <laughs> or the other thing being like something in that we're supposed to believe SG-1. Mm-hmm. And like we probably would anyway. They're the heroes, but we're like supposed to believe them. Yeah. But what they're saying doesn't make any sense to us. So in having this guy be this negative towards them, it puts the audience on the defensive. Yeah. Maybe. I guess so. I don't know. Either that or this, just this man walked in with a hostile energy <laughs> and the director's like, you know what? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want to do. Well, I just feel like pretty much any time we have some kind of politician come to visit the SGC, they're always treated like a villain. And sometimes that's true, but sometimes they have really good points to make. And that doesn't They're mean just, the writers didn't think they were a villain. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's like, obviously, SG-1 doesn't agree with them, but sometimes they make valid points, and I'm like, well... <laughs> think about it. <laughs> but in any case, Simmons definitely brings the villain energy when he starts asking Daniel about Sarah, who became Osiris, and Daniel is very much like, that has nothing to do with this. And I agree. I'm like, that. that is completely out of left field. And that's none of your business. I forgot who Sarah was. <laughs> oh, no. So it was like, that long ago. I Listen, it's been a long <laughs> few weeks. So I forgot who Sarah was. And then I was half expecting Daniel to be like, who? And then he, like, remembers. And I'm like, oh, this one you remember. Because <laughs> oh, he, was, he wasn't married to her. Right. Yeah. He remembers the one he wasn't married to. So yeah, like I was like, well, at least if Daniel and I have this in common, neither of us know who this woman is. And then yeah. he's like not failing to acknowledge her. And I'm like, oh. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is Simmons says that Daniel's entire life is the business of the Air Force. I'm like, I wonder how much that's true. I can see that to a certain extent in terms of do people that you know in your personal life affect your work in any way or like certain things that you've done or places you've been I that have like true in that Simmons thinks it's true. <laughs> yeah. 
like he th- like the Air Force thinks that Daniel's entire mm-hmm. life is their business, but that doesn't yeah. make it true. Yeah. I mean, I think it is true that if SG-1 encounters Osiris again, that Daniel will be likely to not kill her because it's Sarah, even if he probably should, but that's not this episode. No. (laughs) She's not here right now, so that's not something that we need to be addressing right now, so... Daniel is completely right that Simmons is out of line. Cause it's like, buddy, we're not gonna address. We're gonna see Sarah again for like six more episodes. <laughs> like, slow your roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost wonder if it was more just a way to like remind the audience that Sarah is out there as Osiris. You is she know? coming back soon? I think this season. Yeah. Okay, that's probably why then. For just people like, like me who completely forgot who Sarah is. Right. And <laughs> just like keeping her on our minds. <laughs> That's probably why. Yeah. And Simmons interviews Teal'c and Teal'c just like casually says that he would kill him if he could. And I'm like, I love you, Teal'c. <laughs> You're so fun. An icon. <laughs> yep. Great outfits. Threatening to kill annoying people. Gotta love it. He's the whole package. Yeah. And so we go back to the planet and there is a glider coming after Jack and Tyler. And I'm just repeatedly reminded how inefficient these gliders seem to be because the way that the cannons are set up, it's like the gliders have two cannons off center. And so it doesn't make any sense to me because if you're trying to shoot directly at something, the blasts are actually going to go to either side of it. You know what I mean? Because the cannons are like 15 feet apart. Okay. So normally if you have your target on something and you have like one cannon or one missile, it's going to go straight to the target. But if the target is in the center and the cannons are on the side, then you're always going to be shooting around the target. Unless you veer it in, right? But they don't. They're just, like, the cannons are just pointed straight forward. They don't seem to have any swivel capacity. Then I have no clue. Because, like, when the glider comes flying down and it's shooting at them, it's, like, two shots, like, 10 or 15 feet apart. Like, bam, 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 like, in a, in a row. And I'm like, okay, but you're not, like, actually hitting anything. <laughs> You're getting I don't think they thought it through to the side. <laughs> so I mean that that works really well if you're trying to hit something in a large area, like there's a large number of people and you're shooting randomly and you're just gonna you're just gonna hit some people if there's a bunch of them, you know, yeah, by necessity. But if you're trying to hit a specific target, especially if it's small, those cannons seem incredibly impractical and just have no good targeting system. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It bugs me, but (laughs) it's fine. I think you put in this like two minutes more thought into it than the the writers and set deck and director did. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) And so Tyler reveals to Jack that he's not actually Tyler and he is from a people called the Riol, and he's so gross. He's weird looking. I gotta <laughs> he's say, so gross. It's like floppy looking and super fake and super rubbery. He's so gross. Well, it's like his skin is kind of like um, almost like rubbery white, it, like rubbery beige kind it's of look. Cute. It's not cute. and. He kind of has dreads, but they're, like, made out of skin. They, like, move in the wind in an unnatural kind of way. Because it doesn't look like the wind is actually moving him. It looks like they're moving independently. It's, yeah. It's a bit weird. (laughs) I feel like, though, that he kind of lines up Jack to be... A stereotypical white guy who, like, refuses to pronounce 
somebody's name that he's never heard before because he asks him what his real name is. And I think he, I think it was pronounced Kaye. And Jack is like, Tyler. I'm like, Jack, it's not that hard. This is one respect in which Jack could do better. Yeah, he really could. It It was not that hard. It's like in general. (laughs) Yeah. I could understand not wanting to try to say it if it had like clicks or like guttural sounds that you just have problems like reproducing that sound in your mouth. But it sounded like it was pronounced Kaye, which is really easy to say. Yeah. Like, and put a yippee if, on front of that. Hang on, it's closer than Tyler. <laughs> uh, in any case. Notes, um, uh-huh. Is it raining? I wonder if it's real or fake rain. Would they film through real rain if it didn't interrupt the plot? Yes. Uh, they would. Oh, okay. Yeah, it has to be raining really, really hard for them to stop completely. Okay. Like at the risk of damaging the equipment, but usually they will cover it and keep going because if it if it's raining lightly, you usually can't see it on camera. Okay. Um. So it's fine, and they will film through the rain. Okay. Yeah, because I did notice that when they were like staking out the Stargate area, I was like, it looks like it's sprinkling. Yeah, sprinkling isn't enough. Like that's why for something like in Lord of the Rings, like the Battle of Helm's Deep, with how hard it's raining. Uh huh. That is like they have opened a jet over them okay. for it to show up like rain. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So if if ever you see rain on screen, whatever you think it is, it's raining harder on the actors because it needs to be a bit more to like show. Yeah, I guess just sometimes like it's not clear if it's like intentionally rain. And this one, it wasn't like it wasn't plot relevant for it to be raining. Yeah, if you it's plot I mean? relevant rain, it's going to be hard rain. It's never going to be plot right. relevant sprinkles. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So Dr. Frazier was able to figure out the whole chemical thing and how they were having these visions of a fake person. And so Hammond authorized SG1 to go and save Jack. And I mean... Jack does a pretty good job and the Kaye guy like kills one guy. <laughs> well, he tried. He tried. He'd never used a gun before. So, you know, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, Jack did a really good job. He got all but I think three. There were three Jaffa left that he didn't make it to and he his uh, clip ran out. And then luckily SG-1 showed up and, and killed the ones that he missed. So they came in right at the right moment. So that was nice. Very convenient. <laughs> and so they all go back to the Stargate, which is like heavily guarded by Mor Jaffa. And Kaye decides to sacrifice himself. And he goes and like, creates a distraction. And so, but then that actually helps SG-1, like, set up a trap for the Jaffa. And so they kill all the Jaffa. And everybody gets to go home safe. Woo! So, yay. And I really love how, I think Teal'c had ripped uh, a cannon either off of a glider or they had, like, a stationary cannon at the gate. And he just picked it up and, like made a strap for it and he was just holding this massive gun i was like not either massive gun or small cannon and he was just standing there with it in the background while the rest of them were talking <laughs> I'm like, i wonder if he took it home <laughs> like, bring, it, bring it back to him and look what i picked up <laughs> He got a new toy. Yeah. Can I keep this? Dad? I have acquired a new weapon. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Somebody's going to make a joke about stop swinging that thing around. <laughs> right. Well, I feel like is the one person who could swing a weapon around and nobody would be too worried about it. Like, he's over 100 years old. He's extremely competent with weapons. Nobody would be too worried or nobody would have the guts to say anything. That's true. The They're probably shit. scared of him. <laughs> I, yeah, I, like... Making a joke is one thing, but t- telling him to put it away, like... Right? No. He's only going to put it away if he wants to put it away. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> 
And so the Kaie guy gets to go back home. And right before he walks through, he's like, hey, maybe if we see each other again, you can take me fishing. And like the rest of SG1 is like, what? <laughs> like, why would you want to do that? Because they're like all actively avoiding going fishing with Jack. And I'm like, I hope he does come back and go fishing. That would be nice. Jack he deserves would... to have somebody go with him. Sam should go with him. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. Can go fishing for anyway. Um... <laughs> I mean, I would go fishing with Jack. I think it would be. I mean, obviously there's no fish, but I would just like sit and like read a book, you know, next to him while he's pretend fishing. That sounds nice. Yeah, why not? Even if, like, we weren't romantically involved. I'd be like, whatever, you know, as oh, a well, friend. No. Like... no, 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 no. If I'm going to go sit on that boat all day, like, <laughs> no. No, it's not for, no. He has a little dock. He sits Still, on if dock. I'm sitting on that dock all day, I'm not doing <laughs> it platonically. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, I, I would be okay with doing it platonically and just, like, reading my book or whatever while he pretends to fish. And it's fine. And we, like, have a drink or something. Yeah. yeah. Sounds nice. No. okay sorry (laughs) yeah i have in my notes that i have no memory of this episode (laughs) and i was like you know it must not have been a very popular one because i would have seen it more often if it was popular and people i don't really see people talking about it in the fandom so i'm like i guess this wasn't really a hit (laughs) i don't know whatever it was fine yeah it was okay the other one was better was it? Well, not better, but it definitely raised a lot more conversation. <laughs> That's not necessarily a good thing, though. No, it's not a good thing. I just had more feelings about it. In terms of, like, my willingness to re-watch episodes, I would be more willing to rewatch this one. Because it was more like a standard adventure of the week. Yeah. Whereas the last one had a creepy eye in it, so... I guess that's what I mean. Like, this is a little more standard Stargate, whereas the other yeah. one was, like more eventful it finally does give me a an opportunity to say yes when you ask me if there was anything problematic in any of these episodes <laughs> the creepy guy yeah but like the treatment of the creepy guy as if like maybe he's not all that creepy like the music yeah yeah <sighs> yeah also in the in the first episode when orlin died and he like ascended and his clothes were left behind. I was like, this reminds me of Left Behind. <laughs> like the series. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the movie or whatever, but I read some of the kids' books when I was in middle school. Okay. So yeah, it was giving me Left Behind flashbacks. <laughs> Which it was so funny to me. There was I read those when I was in, I don't know, maybe even elementary school. And I think And it was a very, very long series. There was like 40 books in the series. And I only read a few of them. And I think when I was in high school, I tried to go back and like start over and read them. And I just realized how terrible they were. Like the writing was not good. Even as a high schooler, I was like, these are not well written. (laughs) That's always so heartbreaking when you like reread a book that you loved as a kid. And you're just like, oh, what was I thinking? Right. I did not realize all right. Any other final thoughts about these episodes? No. I think we've talked about all the problematic stuff already. Yeah. But know that, yes, problematic. There were several problematic things. From Jack and just the men in this in these episodes in general. <laughs> yeah, just... Yeah. But I think just the... No I think... The fifth man episode holds up a little bit better. There's less problematic things in, in that one. Yeah. Okay, so next week we are going to be discussing SG1 season five, episodes five and six, Red Sky and Rite of Passage. Arzu, are you ready for your next quote? Yes. More death is exactly what you people are going to get. Okay. I think it's Jack. I think he's talking to our group of the week. Um, they are trying to avoid people dying. I think it's rite of passage. I think it's from that episode. I think they're doing something or other to avoid death, but it is actually dangerous, and that's what SG1 is trying to stop. Mm-hmm. 
And they're like, well, we'll stop, prevent more deaths if we blah, blah, blah. And Jack's like, well, no, more death is exactly what you people are going to get. Like, more people will die if you go through with what you're going through. Okay. That's what I think it is. Actually, I'm not sure that it is right of passage. I'm like 50-50 on that. 50-50 because there's only two options. Um, <laughs> like, I'm like, maybe like something to scare away the red sky involves some sort of ritual. But I'm, I'm confident in my context. I don't know why I decided to start guessing which episode it's from. <laughs> I, I flew too close to the sun there. So the the people are n- not doing enough to prevent something no, from happening? No, they think they're preventing something okay. via some sort of ritual. Like they think they're preventing some de- like death via right. some sort of ritual. And Jack's like, actually, you're going to kill people if you go through with it. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's plausible. Okay. So that's it for today. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would love for you to rate us five stars wherever you can. If you want to talk to us about Stargate, you can currently find us on Twitter, if that still exists, <laughs> and Tumblr at Wormhole Waffles, which I keep forgetting to check. I am technically on Blue Sky, which I also don't check. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm around. That's a lifeboat. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Chelsea Fairless. Or Sue, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at Arzuamin. I'm at arzuamin.bluesky.social on Blue Sky. I'm at rzd 2 everywhere else. Um, as a network, you can find us on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are the Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr. We're the Geeky Waffle on YouTube. We're at thegeekywaffle.com. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you on the other side of the event horizon. <laughs>